Chapter Seven of How to Appreciate Music. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. How to Appreciate Music by Gustav Kobbe. Chapter Seven. List the giant among virtuosos it is possible but not likely that some pianist willing for the moment at least to sacrifice outward success to inward satisfaction will after he has played the schumann selections on his programme essay one of brahms's shorter pianoforte compositions these are even more introspective than schumann's works and combine a wealth of learning with great depth of musical feeling it is almost necessary however that one should know them thoroughly in order to appreciate them and audiences have been so slow to welcome them that they appear but infrequently on recital programmes those of my readers however who are pianists yet still unacquainted with these rare and beautiful compositions will soon find themselves under the spell of their intimate personal expression if they will get them and start to learn them the brahms variations on a theme by handel make a stupendous work and the rare occasions on which it is played by anyone capable of mastering it should be regarded as events grieg with his clear fascinating norwegian clang tints which also play through his fascinating concerto in a minor dvorak the bohemian tchaikovsky whose first concerto in b flat minor is among the finest modern works of its kind or some of the neo-russians are composers who may figure on the programme of a modern pianoforte recital but it is more likely that the virtuoso will here elect to bring his recital to a close with some work by the grandest figure in the history of pianoforte playing and one of the greatest in the history of composition franz liszt kissed by beethoven liszt was born at riding near odenburg in hungary in october eighteen eleven and he died in bayreuth in july eighteen eighty six from early boyhood when he was a pianoforte prodigy almost until his death he occupied a unique position in the musical world he was the paganini of the pianoforte the greatest pianist that ever lived and he was a great composer and although as a virtuoso he retired from public performances long before he died his fame as a player and his still greater fame as a composer have not diminished and his influence still is potent his father was an amateur and began giving him instruction when he was six years old 
the boy's talent was so pronounced that even without professional instruction he was able when he was nine years old to appear in public and play a difficult concerto by Ries. so great was his success that his father arranged for other concerts at pressburg after the second of these several hungarian noblemen agreed to pay an annual stipend of six hundred florins for six years for france's further musical education the family then removed to vienna where for about a year and a half the boy took pianoforte lessons from czerny and theory with salieri beethoven heard of him and asked to see him and at their meeting after france had played without notes and without the other instruments beethoven's pianoforte trio opus ninety seven the large one in b flat major the great master embraced and kissed him in eighteen twenty three he was taken to paris with a view to being placed in the conservatoire but although he passed his examination without difficulty cherubini at that time the director of the institution and prejudiced against infant phenomena revived a rule excluding foreigners and admission was denied him his success as a pianist however was enormous and there was the greatest demand in salons and musical circles for le petit litz as some writer whose name i cannot recall has said the nearest paris came to appreciating liszt was to call him litz he was the friend of chopin of other musicians and of painters and literary men and the doors of the most exclusive drawing-rooms of the french capital were open to him paganini played in paris in eighteen thirty one and his wonderful feats of technique inspired liszt to efforts to develop the technique of the pianoforte with as much daring as paganini had shown in developing the capacity of the violin this was the beginning of those wonderful feats of virtuosity as well as of the remarkable technical demands made in his compositions both of which combined have done so much to make the pianoforte what it is and to bring out its full potentiality as regards execution and expression episode with countess d'agout for a time liszt left paris with the countess d'agout who wrote under the nom de plume of daniel stern and who was the mother of his three children of whom cosima became the wife first of von bulow and then of wagner his four years with the countess he passed in geneva twice however he came forth from this retirement to cross the sword of virtuosity with and vanquish his only serious rival in pianoforte playing sigismund thalberg a brilliant player and a man like liszt himself of fascinating personality but lacking the hungarian's intellectual capacity 
in eighteen twenty nine he and countess d'agout having separated he began his triumphal progress through europe and for the following ten years the world rang with his fame he then settled down as court conductor at weimar which became the headquarters of the new romantic movement in germany hardly a person of distinction in music or any of the other arts passed through the town without a visit to the altenburg to pay his respects to liszt at weimar lohengrin had its first performance here berlioz's works found a hearing here everything new in music that also was meritorious was made welcome liszt's activity at weimar continued until eighteen fifty nine when he left there on account of the hostility displayed to the production of cornelius's opera the barber of baghdad and its resultant failure he remained away from weimar for eleven years living for the most part in rome until eighteen seventy when he was invited to conduct the beethoven festival and re-established cordial relations with the court thereafter he divided his year between rome budapest where he had been made president of the new hungarian academy of music and weimar liszt the artist and the man says baker in his biographical dictionary of musicians is one of the grand figures in the history of music generous kindly and liberal-minded whole-souled in his devotion to art superbly equipped as an interpreter of classic and romantic works alike a composer of original conceptions and daring execution a conductor of marvellous insight worshipped as teacher and friend by a host of disciples reverenced and admired by his fellow musicians honoured by institutions of learning and by potentates as no artist before or since his influence spread by those whom he personally taught and swayed will probably increase rather than diminish as time goes on it has been said that liszt passed through six lives in the course of his existence only three less than a cat as ptilitz he was the precocious child adored of paris as a youth he plunged into the early romanticism which united the devotees of various branches of art in the french capital next came the episode with the countess d'agout then his triumphal tours through europe settling at weimar he became the centre of the modern musical movement in europe finally he revolved in a cycle through rome budapest and weimar followed from place to place by a band of devotees liszt's compositions for the pianoforte may be classified as follows fantaisie dramatique année de pèlerinage 
harmonie poétique et religieuse the sonata concertos études and miscellaneous works rhapsodie hongroise arrangements and transcriptions from berlioz beethoven weber paganini schubert and others the don juan fantaisie among the fantaisie dramatique which are variations on themes from operas not mere potpourri or transcriptions but genuine fantasies and usually based on one or two themes only the best known is the don juan fantaisie it is founded upon the duet la cidarem la mano liszt utilizes a passage from the overture as an introduction then gives the entire duet varying it however not in set form but with the effect of a brilliant fantasia and then winds up the whole with a presto on the champagne song it is true it is no longer mozart but mozart might be glad if it were it is even possible that the time will come when don giovanni will have vanished from the operatic stage yet be remembered by this brilliant fantasia of liszt's it is one of the great tour de force of pianoforte music and it is good music as well another of the better known fantaisie dramatique is the one liszt made from norma in which occurs a long sustained trill and a melody for the right hand while the left plays another melody and the accompaniment to the whole in other words there is in this passage a trill sustained throughout two melodies and the accompaniment all going on at the same time yet written with such perfect knowledge of pianoforte technique that any virtuoso worthy of the name as used in a modern sense can compass it a work called the hexameron is included in catalogues of liszt's compositions although he only contributed part of it it is the march from bellini's puritani with six variations written by six pianists and originally played by them on six pianofortes five of them full grands while chopin whose variation was not of the bravura kind sat at a two-stringed semi-grand liszt contributed the introduction the connecting links and the finale of the hexameron the Année de Pèlerinage were published in three divisions, extending in point of time from 1835 to 1883. They are a series of musical impressions, as the titles indicate. Au lac de Wallenstadt, Pastoral, Au bord d'une source, Sposalizio, after raphael's picture in the brera il penseroso after michelangelo many of these are adroit and elegant in the treatment of the pianoforte and at the same time beautiful as music the harmonie 
are partly transcriptions of his own vocal pieces partly musical illustrations to poems among them is the familiar cantique d'amour and the benediction de dieu dans la solitude of which he himself was very fond william mason says that at the altenburg a copy of it always was lying on the pianoforte which liszt had used so many times when playing for his guests that it became associated with memories of berlioz rubinstein vieuxtemps vignavsky joachim when mr mason left weimar he took this copy with him as a souvenir still has it and treasures it all the more for the marks of usage which it bears the consolation which as edward danreuter says may be taken as corollaries to the harmonie are tenderly expressive pianoforte pieces giant strides in virtuosity the etude bear the dates eighteen twenty seven eighteen thirty nine and eighteen fifty two and as they are in the main progressive editions of the same pieces they represent the history of pianoforte technique as it developed under liszt's own fingers in their earliest shape when issued in eighteen twenty seven they were but little different from the classical etude of czerny and kramer in their latest shape they form the extreme of virtuosity indeed these three editions are three giant strides in the development of pianoforte technique von bülow's coupling of the etude called feu follet with the a-flat study number ten of chopin already has been quoted under that composer he considered it even more difficult schumann called the collection sturm und graus etuden studies of storm and dread and expressed the opinion that there were only ten or twelve pianists living who could play them in the etude called waldesrauschen will be found some ingenious double counterpoint the theme is divided into two portions a descending and ascending one which later on appear together with first one and then the other uppermost other titles among the etude are paysage mazeppa a tremendous test of endurance vision chasse neige harmonie du soir and gnomentanz through liszt's transcriptions of some of the paganini pieces in the form of etude which include the famous bel rondo from one of the paganini concertos this piece for example now is far better known as a pianoforte composition than in its original form for violin sonata concertos and rhapsodies the sonata in b minor dedicated to schumann is one of the few sonatas in which there is psychological unity throughout this is due to the fact that it is one movement 
although by employing various themes both in rapid and in slow time liszt has given it a certain aspect of division into movements it might well serve as a model to younger composers who think they have to write sonatas Danreuter, it is true says of it that it is a curious compound of true genius and empty rhetoric but admits that it contains enough of genuine impulse and originality in the themes of the opening section and of suave calm in the melody of the section that stands for the slow movement to secure the hearer's attention mr hanchett's characterization of it as one of the most masterly compositions ever put into this form a gigantic wholly admirable and original work is more just the two pianoforte concertos in e flat and a major are superb works not only are they written with all the skill which liszt knew so well how to apply when composing for the instrument but with this technical perfection they also unite thought and feeling like the sonata they show throughout their development the psychological unity which is so essentially modern what the pianoforte owes to chopin and liszt can be summed up by saying that they were poets and thinkers who took the trouble to thoroughly understand the instrument because their music sounds so well on it at least one of them liszt frequently is stigmatized as a trickster of virtuosity and a charlatan as if there was some wonderful mark of genius in writing something for one instrument that sounds better on another or may not sound as well as it ought to on any if liszt's pianoforte music is grateful to the player and equally grateful to the listener it is not only because he knew how to write for the pianoforte but because with deep thoughts and poetic feelings he also understood how to express them clearly and pianistically the rhapsodie hongroise are of such dazzling brilliancy and show off a pianist's technique to such good purpose and so brilliantly that their real musical worth has been underestimated they are full of splendid fire vitality and passion and their rhythmic throb is simply irresistible like the etude their history is curious at first they were merely short transcriptions of hungarian tunes these were elaborated and republished and cancelled and then rewritten and published again in all there are fifteen pieces in the set ending with the rakocci march as ungarische melodien they began to appear in eighteen thirty eight as melodie hongroise in eighteen forty six as rhapsodie hongroise in eighteen fifty four consider that they are over fifty years old yet remain the greatest pieces for the display of brilliant technique 
and the most grateful works for which a pianist can ask and that at the same time they are full of admirable musical content because they happen to be brilliant and effective they are called trashy whereas they owe their brilliancy and effectiveness to liszt's own transcendent virtuosity to his knowledge of the pianoforte in order to be great must music be classic heavy and dull and badly written for the instrument on which it is to be played how liszt played in those charming reminiscences from which i already have had occasion to quote several times william mason's memories of a musical life mr mason says that time and again at weimar he heard liszt play and that there is absolutely no doubt in his mind that liszt was the greatest pianist of the nineteenth century what the germans call an erscheinung an epoch-making genius tausig said of him liszt dwells alone upon a solitary mountain-top and none of us can approach him rubinstein said to mr william steinway in the year eighteen seventy three i quote from mason put all the rest of us together and we would not make one liszt while mr mason willingly acknowledges that there have been other great pianists some of them now living he adds but i must dissent from those writers who affirm that any of these can be placed upon a level with liszt those who make this assertion are too young to have heard liszt other than in his declining years and it is unjust to compare the playing of one who has long since passed his prime with that of one who is still in it edward danreuter who heard liszt play from eighteen sixty three onward says that there was about his playing an air of improvisation and the expression of a grand and fine personality perfect self-possession grace dignity and never-failing fire that his tone was large and penetrating but not hard every effect being produced naturally and easily danreuter adds that he has heard performances it may be of the same pieces by younger men such as rubinstein and tausig but that they left an impression as of liszt at second hand or of liszt past his prime none of his contemporaries or pupils were so spontaneous individual and convincing in their playing and none except tausig so infallible with their fingers and wrists liszt himself paid this superb tribute to the pianoforte as an instrument to me my pianoforte is what to the seaman is his boat to the arab his horse nay more it has been till now my eye my speech my life its strings have vibrated under my passions and its yielding keys have obeyed my every caprice 
it may be that the secret tie which binds me to it so closely is a delusion but i hold the pianoforte very high in my view it takes the first place in the hierarchy of instruments it is the oftenest used and the widest spread in the circumference of its seven octaves it embraces the whole range of an orchestra and a man's ten fingers are enough to render the harmonies which in an orchestra are brought out only by the combination of hundreds of musicians the pianoforte has on the one side the capacity of assimilation the capacity of taking unto itself the life of all instruments on the other hand it has its own life its own growth its own individual development my highest ambition is to leave to the piano players to come after me some useful instructions the footprints of advanced attainment something which may some day provide a worthy witness of the labour and study of my youth bear in mind that liszt played for beethoven that he was a contemporary of chopin and schumann that he was one of the first to throw himself heart and soul into the wagner movement and that death came to him while he was attending the festival performances at bayreuth bear in mind i repeat that he played for beethoven and died at parsifal strive to appreciate the extremes of musical history and development implied by this then remember that he remains a potent force in music and you may be able to form some idea of his greatness end of chapter 7 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey